0: No. Yes. Man. works every time. Welcome into another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. I'm your host. Joined with me is uh, our co-host Tom. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Yeah, I'm uh, glad we got this show going the day after the final college football game my boy Chris Olave was uh, pretty much held in check so I'm excited about that. I think if he went off for 100 plus and a couple of touchdowns we would not be able to get him at the top of the second round in uh, this coming uh, 2021 rookie class. But we're not here to talk about wide receivers. We're actually here to talk about the one position that it, it just always gives us hope. So even if you, you went, I don't know, 2 and 11 last season, but you've got that 101 somehow that fell into your lap. Um, those rookie running backs, those always give you hope. If you get Saquon, if you get Jonathan Taylor, uh, we're going to look back on previous running backs that have just totally really helped carry teams where you can flip them for a lot of assets. But this incoming rookie running back class is actually a lot deeper than people are given credit for. So I'm excited to, to jump right in. Any, any notes or anything you want to go over quick, Tom? Uh, just uh, the talking about this incoming rookie class, it, it just reminds me of the, uh, the the rookie drafts that we're doing last year, just seeing some of the really crazy trades that, that, that people were doing just to get these rookies. I, I, the, the one that comes to me off the top of my head was that somebody traded Delvin Cook, for the 102 when Clyde edwards alaire was there, that, that that person really wanted Clyde edwards alaire and was willing to give up a um, a known RB1 to try to go out and and, and uh, acquire Ceh and see if he becomes the, the next RB1. So uh, this seeing uh, a couple of these these uh, running backs you up listed here, I'm I'm excited to see some trades that go down in, in some of our leagues and um, see uh, see where they they end up landing in the NFL draft and then where they get taken in rookie drafts as well. Yeah, from from a number standpoint, I think we have at least nine running backs that are going to be taken in the uh, fantasy rookie draft here uh, between rounds one and two, and then there's a ton of wide receivers in, in between that as well. So I was telling you I wanted to do this show to talk about potential landing spots, but we're going to have to put that on hold because what what I did is I looked back the last six years at the rookie running backs that were taken with somewhat significant draft capital uh, by NFL teams. And it was, it was pretty startling to see. I think we all know that the shelf life on running backs is, is pretty low uh, after about three or four seasons. But the, the information that I found was, was uh, it, it pretty much just confirmed that if we go out seven years to 2014, uh, the running backs that are still somewhat uh, viable, probably just hanging on to the end of rosters, we got Carlos Hyde, Devonta Freeman, and James White. Uh, and if you're excited about playing James White every week, then I'm, I'm scared to see what your RB2 or your flex spot looks like. Um, but if we go out six years, we see really just uh, Melvin Gordon. I think he's still uh, he, uh, just a fine RB2. I think we saw his floor finishing as like RB14 or 15 this season. Uh, I think they upgrade that quarterback position, and we squeeze out a little bit more value out of Melvin Gordon here in uh 2021 but in that same class we saw Gurley, who really faded away at the end of the season david johnson who seems to come up with a new injury every at in that same class we saw duke johnson and tevin coleman who uh probably get dropped kind of thrown in as as uh add-ons at the end of trades but from that 2015 class tom is, is there any running backs in there that you're excited to still own I think you can make an argument for David Johnson when he's on the field. He's still productive, especially when he's when he's out there for those third downs. I know that he he ended the season with a couple of games with ten plus receptions per game, um, so that in PPR leagues he's definitely viable there. But yeah, if if I own Gurley, I I would I definitely be trying to sell. I don't know what you're going to be able to get him, be able to sell him for. But uh, Duke Johnson, I know I was trying to just. Basically hand him off in a couple of our leagues just to try to get a, a future third round pick and um, Tevin Coleman as much as Kyle Shanahan loves him and has uh, used him for a couple of years now it, it looks like he's coming to the end too so I'm I'm uh, in complete agreement with you I think Melvin Gordon still has that uh, that that burst off the line so uh, Melvin Gordon's definitely the the running back from 2015 that I would still want as well. Yeah, I think at this point, if you have Gurley, he's he's just a hold. I don't think you could get more than a third-round pick for him, and I, I think there's still somewhat potential. I will say it was it looked a little promising week 16. I watched some of the Chiefs-Falcons game, and I saw the Falcons bring uh, Gurley in as kind of their third-down pass catching back, and he made some plays. I think their opening uh, possession, he had like a 25-yard wheel route, uh, and he, he made a really nice catch down the sideline on it. So I, I think – if he does re-sign with the Falcons, if they bring in one of these other running backs we're going to talk about, then I think that there's a really good chance that they have him be the third-down uh, running back, and that might that might be a perfect fit for him. Um, he's he's still uh, under 30. I want to say he's like 25 or 26. So uh, yeah, at this point, I think he's just a hold. But so moving on to the 2016 class, we have two running backs. We have and. Uh, Derek Henry. So uh, be- between those, we've, we've heard a lot of people talking about selling them now that they got that contract. I think uh, they're, they're both under, I, th- I think, 25 or 26. I think Henry's 26 and Zeke's 25. I think these guys are still just fine low end RB1s. And there's going to be a lot of people that uh, want to get into the, the upper tier of the uh, 2021 class. So, Tom, I, I'll ask you, I think you might have Zeke or Henry in, in uh, Dynasty League. Would you be trading either of them for, let's say, let's say the 105? What would you rather have? Uh, right before you asked that, I, I was thinking the, the, the 104, I would I would do it for sure. I, I think I would still do it, um, just knowing that if I was able to acquire the 105, I could probably add a piece to move up to the, the 103 or 104 in, uh, in Super Flex. so you're basically guaranteed one of those those top two running backs. Um I think I would do that, but when when you're talking about like the the 108 or anything after that, I think um these guys are, are still a hold. Yeah. And I I I like Zeke and I like Henry and I, uh, obviously they've been extremely productive, but it is a little concerning to see that one year class below them. All we all we're really left with is Melvin Gordon, probably just with one or two seasons left. So I think it is worth having that conversation if your team isn't contending. If you can flip them for maybe one of those mid first round picks, like you were saying, plus a future first or something like that. Maybe if you get a 110 and a 2022 first. Um uh, something like that for a contending if you trade them to a contending team. I think that might be something you want to consider because uh, it's probably they're probably not going to finish in the top five again, but they'll probably finish somewhere between that six to 12. Uh, but moving on to one of the best running back classes of, of all time, 2017, we saw Fournette go, and he, I didn't include him in this fantasy relevant list, but uh, depending on where he goes next season, we, we might still find something. But you mentioned Ronald Jones to me um, earlier today off air, and he, I I think both Fournette and Ronald Jones, they, they kind of fall into that same category of, we don't really know what their value is going to be. Uh, but in 2017, we've still got Cook, Nixon, Kamara, CMC, and Aaron Jones. So uh, those are running backs that I think you mentioned seeing Dalvin Cook get traded for the 102 last season. I, I heard conversations of people trading Alvin Kamara for CEH straight up as well. Uh so I think once we get to like the four year class, then that's where that's that's where we're looking pretty good. Do you have any thoughts on, on any of those guys? And um, I guess more more specifically, are you concerned with with any of Cook, Mixon, Kamara, CMC, or Aaron Jones moving forward? Ah, uh, that's that's kind of tough. That's uh that's a lot of running backs lumped into one. I think Right now, if uh, somebody is the Christian McCaffrey owner, I don't think you're going to be able to um, get them off their roster because they probably either gave up a lot to get them while he was injured or they, they sat with him for the entire year so that they're not looking to hold on to an injured player just to, to trade him right before he comes back and potentially becomes the RB1 in 2021. Um, obviously, we saw the ceiling of Camara this year, and... Uh, I think most people kind of know what to expect with with Dalvin cook where he has the potential to be the, the RB one week to week, but he has that injury risk. So if you have him probably want to try to get Madison, um, as your, as your handcuff. um, otherwise then, yeah, I think, I think this would be a good time to try to cash in on, on Delvin. Um, but as far as Fournette, I don't, I don't know about you, but I have, have nothing to do with him on, on any of my, uh, any of my dynasty teams anymore. So I don't, this again, this is another running back that I would be trying to sell. And um, last off season, I was selling Sony Michelle for, for late seconds. And um, some people thought that I was, I was selling too low, but when when it looks like a running back doesn't have it anymore, a lot of times they they're, they're not able to get that burst. You saw Duke Johnson get that opportunity when David Johnson was out and he just, he just looks slow in the backfield. So um, I I think if you have, any of these guys besides Fournette, I think you're, you're fine. But like you said, if you're not a contender, I'd be looking to move them and cash in at, at the peak value before they, uh, they hit that, that year five in the league. Yeah. And um, you, so what I want to do is combine the 2018 and the 2019 class and compare them to the 2020 class, just, just to show how valuable or how much hope get from these incoming rookies so in 2018 in 2021 is saquon and chubb so we saw pretty much a miss from rashad penny sony michelle ronald jones there's plenty of debate out there but if you're playing him as your rb2 i don't think you're as confident as you would be with a lot of these other guys carry on johnson has been replaced Geis has been released and Royce Freeman was replaced before he even got started. And then the 2019 class, we've got Jacobs, Sanders, and uh, Montgomery has definitely shown life. But besides that, Darrell Henderson, again, if you're playing him as your RB2, you're probably not feeling uh, the most confident. Same with Singletary, Damian Harris, or Justice Hill. So 2020... there's just as much value in the one-year-old class as there is with the combination of the two- and three-year-old class. So I just mentioned five total um, guys we're still excited about from 2018 and 2019. But from 2020, we've got, in no particular order, Swift, Dobbins, C.E.H., Taylor, Akers, and then James Robinson was undrafted too. So that just goes to show you need to get those rookie running backs to give to give your team some hope. So, uh, from from the uh, twenty twenty class, well, from from these three classes, Tom, who would you be taking uh, first between? I guess the conversation is probably what Saquon. You're a big Dobbins guy, or Taylor. Is, is there anybody else you you consider taking above those three? Um. Excluding Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. He's not, he's not part of that, those classes. Yeah. I would, I, I would still be, be going Saquon. I still think he has a, yeah, another RB one season or RB one overall season left in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. But I think if we have this conversation in about 12 months, we might be leaning more towards one of these other half dozen names um, that, we, that we just listed. We saw a lot of production out of Dobbins here at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Um, same thing with Swift. And then Jonathan Taylor is looking to be uh, pretty explosive too. So uh, basically this entire conversation was just to point out that uh, if you have sus- suspicions that running backs don't last very long in fantasy, those suspicions are true. So if you're not contending and you've got one of these older guys, If you've got Zeke, if you've got Henry, uh, if you've got Melvin Gordon, don't be afraid to trade them for a late first if you can get something else added in there, Uh, because at the end of next season, you might only be able to get a second. The new class Uh, I want to talk about some of the running back we're going to get to spend those picks on. Well, before we move on, I I just want to say this, this uh, in-depth work that that you did on these previous classes uh, well done because it shows the players that, um, that you still want to acquire the ones that you should have traded a year ago, the ones you probably should have traded away two years ago. And uh, I've, I've been doing some, uh, some research and and looking at, at other um, articles that, of players that people say that you should buy. And the very first dynasty buy article that I opened up, they said that the, the three running backs you should be targeting in dynasty is Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, and Cam Akers. And I know I've talked about this in other shows, but no, nobody is selling those. If you are, are looking to buy one of these uh, running backs from the 2020 class, you you have to overpay. And a lot of times when you, it, <clears throat> if if you overpay too much, then you're setting your team up for, for failure in the future. So the, these are players that you absolutely probably unless if it's a, a home league where you're taking advantage of somebody, you probably cannot acquire these uh, the, these blue chip running backs. So um, going going back to the twenty fifteen and, and twenty fourteen class that you have listed here, it, it, it really goes to show that Melvin Gordon, Zeke and Derek Henry are probably the the three running backs that you want to try to that that are Um, actually attainable if you're, if you're just one running back short, if you're able to go to one of these rebuilding teams and, and get them. So I just want to say good, good work on, uh, the, the research done here. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like I said, it's not, it's not a hot take at all. It's, it's a, it's a well-known fact, but you usually don't really get to see those numbers. So essentially we're from last year's class, we're seeing five or six running backs. The following class, we've got about three, the following class two. And then 2017 is that historical class. We're, we've got four or five really good running backs. And then after that, we got two from 2016 and one from 2015. So it goes pretty quick. So um, with those numbers of, of last season, it, it's, it's weird to think of these 2020 guys. They're one-year-old running backs now. So they're, they're not rookies anymore. But they, if you've got those guys on your team, they give you the most hope. So uh, let's keep that conversation of hope going. Uh, talking about these new guys. So the top of my list right now, uh, Travis Etienne. I know Najee Harris just had a huge game. I I think um, similar to the CEH versus Jonathan Taylor conversation last year, it's going to be a lot of 1A, 1B. But I think Travis Etienne is a running back that's going to be taken by a team that wants to kind of build the offense around around him. Uh, I know we mentioned Falcons on the last show. I think if Matt Ryan is still in Atlanta – uh, Travis ETN gets plugged in similar to how um, Swift was plugged into Detroit. Uh, the only difference is if ETN doesn't get banged up in the uh, uh, preseason like Swift did, we might see ETN come in and make it a difference immediately uh, without them bringing in somebody like Adrian Peterson. And that might actually be a really good compliment to Todd Gurley if Gurley returns Too, you can see ETN coming in uh, first and second down just with the fresh legs but with the ability to catch the ball and then maybe Todd Gurley can uh, give a little bit of wisdom to ETN too but do e- you have any thoughts on ETN or Harris Tom? Yeah, I, I think this is similar to um, a, a debate that I can already picture other analysts having between uh, Devontae Smith and uh, Jamar Chase. I, I think they're, they're both great players and then it's just going to come down to two landing spots. so I, th- I think they're both going to be very successful running backs. I don't think um, any of these guys that you have listed here can become a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey that is a uh, a league winner that can help carry your team to a championship. But I think they're going to be players uh, much like a uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers that that can that can certainly help help your team get over the hump. Yeah, and um, next two running backs I wanted to mention: we got Javonta Williams from North Carolina and Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. So um, J- Javante Williams, and he, I'm, I'm still new at trying to put together uh, fresh takes on, on rookie running backs coming in. So I kept seeing Jay Williams. Uh, so maybe that's what, what made me think of this. But Javante Williams really reminds me of Jamal Williams out of Green Bay. And he, I think a lot of people forget that Jamal Williams, is, he's actually been pretty serviceable when Aaron Jones has been out. But he's a guy that uh, he's, he's a patient runner. But he, he's got the ability to catch the ball and, and kind of do some things in space. So I think he's going to come in and probably be one of those running backs that, that lands somewhere as a complementary piece. So when we look at these nine running backs, we want to find the nine best landing spots during the offseason. Uh, but one of the things I got right last year is I was saying I thought that the Lions would take a running back early in the second, and that's exactly what they did, and that's where Swift went. Uh, but luckily, We didn't see Kerryon Johnson stand in the way too long. But I think we might see uh, Javonta Williams go to a a place like um, a similar landing spot to Detroit like Swift did. And then Kenneth Gainwell, my notes, um, again, looking at this with biased eyes because he's from Memphis. But I see a blend of Antonio Gibson and Darrell Henderson. So Antonio Gibson has that wide receiver like ability in him where he can go catch the ball 10 plus yards down the field pretty easily Uh, and then Darrell Henderson had the ability to just hit the hole and be gone and that's exactly what I see from from those two guys so so Tom I know it's pretty early in uh, our scouting process but have you had much time to look at Williams or Ganwell yeah um, Javante Williams is definitely a very um, interesting running back that I think is probably going to be getting selected towards the, the end of um, the first round of rookie drafts. I think the only player that I've seen people compare him to is James Robinson. He has a very similar build. Uh, he's got the, the same um, side speed combination. He doesn't seem to um, get tackled at the line of scrimmage too much. He always falls down for an extra yard or two even though he's, he's uh, kind of a, a shorter back. Um, and then uh, Kenneth Gaineswell uh, is the running back that was keeping Antonio Gibson on, on the bench in college. So um, I, I've seen Antonio Gibson as high as uh, RB9 in Dynasty rankings. So just knowing that Kenneth Gaineswell is a younger running back that um, kept in, Antonio Gibson off the field um, shows that, that Gain, Gainwell might be able to uh, come in and, and be an RB1. By by the end of the season, so depending on his landing spot, he might be like a Cam Akers, where he might be in a two or three headed committee for most of the year. But then when we're looking at the start of twenty twenty two, then he could uh, he could have that that RB one upside. Yeah, he, I I agree with that. And the next guy, uh, Chuba Hubbard, he, from Oklahoma State, I think his landing spot is going to determine his fantasy value more than any of these other running backs. So I I know last season, if he had gotten into the draft, a lot of people were considering him to be one of the top running backs. So putting him up against Jonathan Taylor and, uh, and Swift. Uh, But what he does really well, it it reminds me of Ronald Jones. If, if he has that opening, he hits it and he's gone. Um, But I don't see him doing a lot on his own. He, He had kind of a down year too. So I think he's a guy that you can probably get at the, mid to late part of your uh, rookie first round draft. And he might, he might hit, he might hit extremely well and and be a productive running back. But I think if he goes to a landing spot, that's got a running back ahead of him, the, he might just be that guy that we, we always hope he gets more touches, but always kind of gets held down. Uh, last season, I was predicting the, uh, the Lions take a running back and everybody thought that was kind of ridiculous because of carry on Johnson. So this year, I'm going to say one of these nine guys goes to the Bears. So I think a lot of people think David Montgomery's uh, earned that role and and it's his. But I don't think there's a lot behind him, and I think they let Nagy go. And I could see Chuba Hubbard going someplace like Chicago, and we just never really get that value out of him. So have you have you looked into Chuba Hubbard much, Tom? Um, when I when I was watching some of the tape from from two years ago, I was, I was really impressed with what I saw from the uh, the few games that, that he played this year. He he looked like a good running back. He didn't. Um, he doesn't look like a a player that I that I would want to spend a um, first round rookie pick on or or an early second. So I think he's a player that he's he's kind of a mystery bag. He might end up being one of the, the top three running backs from this class, or you know, much like Ronald Jones, maybe he's seen as a bust his uh, his rookie year, and then you can uh, buy low on him. his his second or or third year, but he's kind of a question mark for me. So he's not a player that I'd be uh, confident in drafting my uh, rookie drafts right now, but uh, hopefully there isn't another pandemic next year. So we can see um, what he looks like in, in preseason. And um, I think the draft capital is also going to be a big determining factor for him as well. Seeing if, uh, if he does get drafted in the the early second round or if he falls to the the late third or, or early fourth. Yeah. Well, a guy that I think you're gonna be able to get in the at the top of the second round, I think this so this is the RB six. Uh as of now, Zamir uh Zemir White from Georgia. I think a lot of people are gonna be extremely concerned when they hear that he's uh recovered from two ACL tears. But if if you watch what he's able to do, he's he's very explosive. Um uh, so he's gonna be one of those second round lottery picks that you, you take them. Um uh, I know we saw um, like Antonio Gibson being taken in the second or third round pick. I think this is where we're going to see Zamir White go. And uh, j- to put the ACL tears into context, I believe Frank Gore also had two ACL tears early in his career and he's able to play uh, for a pretty long time. So I think when, when you hear the ACL tears, you get concerned uh, because obviously that's a devastating injury, but long-term, We've seen players come back and actually have uh, a better season after that. So don't let those ACL tears um, scare you away. So Tom, any thoughts on Zamir uh, White? Uh, well, just being a, a Georgia running back again. This is a player that I, I haven't done my my research on, so I don't want to come out with too many uh, bold takes quite yet. But just knowing that he he went to Georgia, I think that's that's somebody. If he's if he's around in the second round, and you need need another running back, I think he's he's a very safe running back to take a chance on. It. Yeah. Well, I know you you've seen some film on this guy cuz you were telling me about him before. Um I turned anything on uh a few weeks ago, but Trey Sermon from Ohio State. Yeah, I put a note on here he reminds me of Justice Hill but in a good way. So a lot of us thought that Justice Hill was going to come in and make an impact immediately, but he's been he's been shelved. I, I don't know exactly what the long-term plans are in Baltimore, but he, he's he's Shown that he can make a lot of plays when he's given the work about, but unfortunately he got banged up. I think it was a broken clavicle last night. Uh, I haven't seen any updates on that. But Tom, just real quick, I know it's early in the process, but if you had to rank Trey Sermon in this RB class, would you have him as high as RB three? Ooh, I as as much as I, I like Trey Sermon, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I jumped on the Trey Sermon train about a month ago as soon as everybody else did too he, he kind of reminds me of uh, of Chris Carson where he might not be the most talented back. But like you said, if he gets the opportunity, if he ends up in a situation where he can get 15 to 20 carries per game, I, I would like him there. But I think, I think at RB seven, that's a very uh, fair place for, for you to keep him. I think if um, I, I would have a hard time taking him over uh, Kenneth Gainesville or Javante Williams. So um, I think, that uh, that RB seven is a is a good spot for him. I think there's there's only one running back that you don't have listed here that I that I'd be interested in taking over him. Ooh, all right. He, he, is that running back listed um, on here yet? Nope, not yet. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, let me list my last two. And yeah, I, I'm excited for this. This is early in the process, so a lot of people get to listen to how how we uh, produce these numbers and when when we hit on these running backs, we. Feel really good, and then uh, when we when we miss on them, we just want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, so right. my last two, I got Javian Hawkins at number eight, and Kylan Hill at nine. So JV and Hawkins, uh, watching his film, I, the note that I put, he's a, he's a pre Arnold Schwarzenegger Eckler. So if if you remember Eckler coming in, he was he was a little guy, and a lot of people doubted him, and then I don't know what um, legally. Um, enhanced substances that he's been taken. Uh, but he, he looks like a bodybuilder now. He, he plays pretty big out there too, but he, uh, Hawkins, he just reminds me of a pass catching running back that has a little bit more potential, uh, to come in and, and make some plays. And then Kylan Hill, he really has that Josh Jacobs catching ability out of Mississippi state. So Kylan Hill, he might be a, a late day two pick in, in that NFL draft but I think he's probably going to be a running back you can also take at the top of the second, and he's going to have that pass-catching work upside. And just like other, that, that's going to be huge. But I think he could come into a place, uh, maybe they bring him into Green Bay, and he kind of sits uh, similar to what we've seen other running backs do um, for, for the Packers. And then maybe in 2022, he's the pass-catching guy uh, to, to complement a bigger back. But uh, who am I missing on this list, Tom? Well, just to go over the, the two running backs that you talked about with uh, JV Hawkins and Kalen Hill, just from, uh, from grinding the tape a little bit on these two guys, I saw Hawkins get some very good blocking from his offensive line. So it looked like a lot of the holes um, they, and an average running back would hit uh, to get those, those big chunk plays or, or get the, those long touchdowns. So I think he's a player much like Kalen Hill. And I, I I gotta admit I'm being completely biased just with the last name Hill. Th- these two guys remind me of Justice Hill, where um a lot of uh a lot of hype before the draft. So I think um for these guys to truly hit, they need to be taken around the third or the fourth round. And if uh and I think uh correct me if I'm wrong, but was Justice Hill taken in the fourth round? Uh it after off, off the top of my head, I, I I actually don't remember. Yeah, I I I think it might have been the fourth round, but um, it, this this is kind of the, the Eno Benjamin territory when you when you start getting close to the RB ten of uh, of rookie running backs where they might not even see the the field for for one snap. So uh, they're definitely players that I'm I'm lukewarm on. But um, I much like everybody else, I wasn't too excited about AJ Dillon. And now I'm um, just looking at fantasy rankings. Um, yesterday, there's people that have him as running back twenty one. To uh, running back thirty right now. So if you if you hold on to AJ Dillon, you you might have a uh, RB two with uh, low end RB one upside. Um, so for me, the the one running back that you you didn't have on there is uh, Jared Patterson, the uh, the Buffalo running back. Okay. Uh, did did you watch any any Buffalo games this year? No, it's, no, it's still early in the process. Still. I can't wait to hear about him. So, Jared Patterson was, was the only reason why I watched these, these Buffalo games. They went super run heavy. Um, in his uh, sophomore year, he ran the ball um, 312 times for 1,799 yards. So, he was averaging 5.8 yards per carry and had 19 touchdowns. Um, in his junior year, this past season, he also had 19 touchdowns, but he was averaging. instead of 5.8 yards um, per attempt. And that was done in just six games instead of 13. So with, with 141 attempts, he had 1,072 rushing yards. Like I said, this was a very run heavy team. Um, I actually watched their last game of the season where they hit their very first field goal of the year. The team had not made even an extra point. They didn't make an extra point or a field goal until the very last game of the year so. Um, that, that with them being so run heavy, the defense knew exactly what was coming, but they still weren't able to stop them. So, uh, kind of like Trey Sermon, this is, a, this is a guy that I'm excited about to see where, uh, where he lands. And I think, uh, I think he, he truly has, um, RB two that you might be able to get uh, in the third round of rookie drafts? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for us to actually put together. Some uh, some rankings, including quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, similar to what we did last week. And then we're not going to spend too much time talking about the first round of uh, rookie picks. I think each of those drafts uh, that you do, whether it's a home league or a dynasty league you joined online, uh, it's all going to be de- de- uh, determined on rosters. So I think really jumping into these second and third round picks, uh, that's where we're going to squeeze out the value, uh, especially if you've got multiple thirds. I know they're that we've been encouraging people to trade for seconds and thirds. And that that's where we saw uh, some really productive players come out of this last season too. So what well, I appreciate you uh, making time to uh, join the show, Tom. All right. Till then, keep it flexi. good with technology here I'll let's see, go over to not sure.